You are Locked On Cubs, your daily Chicago Cubs podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the Locker Room app from the iOS app store and find one of our lockdown rooms. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. What is up, Cubs fans, and welcome to Lockdown Cubs, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Joe Kilgallen. You can follow me on Twitter. That's at Joe Kilgallen. Give my YouTube channel a try if you like stand-up comedy. That's YouTube.com slash Joe Kilgallen. And don't forget to follow this podcast on Twitter as well. That's at Lockdown Cubs. Got a lot of fun stuff to talk up to you about. A lot of fun things to talk to you about today, because I'm sure you've seen the highlight a million times now. You're probably listening to this on your way to work on a Friday morning or you're working out or doing something. But Thursday afternoon's Cubs game had one of the craziest baseball plays you're ever going to see in your life. Just an insane play. And I'm talking about Javi Baez, of course. So we're going to dive into that play and talk about Javi as a player overall and how he seems to have a knack for doing things like this. I talked about on a few podcasts ago about Javier Baez just oozes cool. He falls out of bed and it looks awesome. Like that's just the type of guy Javier Baez is he just again he's Ferris Bueller in a Cubs uniform that's what you know just a guy that's undeniably cool I'm also going to talk about Chris Bryant and what he's meant to this team I feel like every podcast I could do a segment about how amazing Chris Bryant's 2021 season has been so a little bit more about Chris Bryant and we've got another birthday boy on yesterday's podcast I took the final segment to look into the career of Ben Zobris who had just turned 40 two days ago and now we've got another a Cubs legend in my mind, Pat Hughes, radio announcer Pat Hughes, who if you meet someone who doesn't like Pat Hughes or does not think Pat Hughes is a great radio play-by-play guy, you cut them out of your life. I'm not even kidding because he's Pat Hughes and you and people should respect him. So if you come across a person like that, you don't you don't need that around you, right? What could they possibly be bringing to the party? Nothing. As a matter of fact, if you have a party, what do they show up with? Ritz crackers, which are okay, but not for a party. You wouldn't be into that at all. So the Cubs took out the Swiffer, as I like to say, because again, I don't know. I haven't used a broom in a long time. I got this great Swiffer. It's wonderful on hardwood floors. And they swept the Pittsburgh Pirates in PNC. Just, it was a thing. The weird thing about it was not any one game did they absolutely crush them, but there wasn't a single moment, at least to me, where I didn't think, oh, we've got this. Even in yesterday's game, when at one point the Cubs were only up by one run, four to three, and the Pirates had bases loaded with two outs in the eighth inning, Winkler had to come out. He looked a little shaky, but he's been very good overall. His ERA is still 0.58 or something. They bring in Tapera, who's just been nails, and they get out of it. But I, that was the closest it got. It was a one-run game up until we added an insurance run in the ninth. But for some reason, I had no fear. I just kind of was just like, we got this. And even if they did tie it, I still had this, we got this. That's how well the Cubs have been playing as of late. And I am going to pat myself on the back again because I I stated this last week, early in the in the week, the Cubs had just come off, uh, they had just taken two or three from the Tigers, but they had been swept by Cleveland. You know, some people were still like, what's what to make of this Cubs team? And I said, I believe the talent is there. This team has got an 8 out of 10, a 9 out of 10 run coming soon. And boom, it happened. The Cubs have won eight 
of their last 10. Before I dive more into the game and that crazy Javi play, let's look at the central standings. Now, I'm telling you this before any of the action. I am recording this uh, Thursday late afternoon, so it'd be out for you Friday morning. The standings as of right now have the Cubs tied for first place. Hopefully, while you're listening to this, St. Louis has lost and the Cubs are in sole possession of first place atop the NL Central. You've got the Cardinals and Cubs both at 27 and 22. The Brew Crew, I will say this. I, I do like the, the nickname the Brew Crew. So I'll give you, I'll give you credit, Milwaukee. 24 and 25. Cincinnati is 21 and 25. And the lowly Pittsburgh Pirates are now 18 and 31. Now, the play that's going to be on highlight reels for decades to come, I believe, because it was just, it's a play in which you could say, here's heads up base running. Here's how you're creative. Here's how you could do any little thing you can to help your team scratch out a run. And then the flip side of that, it's here's how you do one of the stupidest things a first baseman can do in baseball. They're going to be showing this. I bet high school baseball coaches across the country or even lower levels maybe, are going to clip out this play and, and have it on their phone. They're going to have it ready, and they're going to show their first baseman, their would-be first baseman, say, if you ever do a play like this, laps. You are That's that's what you do. That's the best punishment you could give a grade school kid or high school kid. That you hear laps. I remember being 15 here in laps being like, you know what? Is baseball worth it? You got to run laps. It's just boring. They're boring is what they are. I'd rather do suicides because at least it's you're sprinting. Jogging. I've never been a big jogger. The first basement. So, all right, I got to, I got to really set the picture better. I, I didn't do a good enough job just then. Javier Baez is up to bat. Wilson Contreras is on second. There are two outs. Javi hits a pretty sharp ground ball to the third baseman. Very routine though. Not even to the point where the first baseman had to be like, oh my God, I better hurry. Solid ground ball. Third baseman picks it cleanly, gets into position, strong throw over, but it was up the line. It was up the first baseline towards home plate. So the first baseman had to come off the bag to make the catch. Just a few feet. Javi then slams on the brakes and is like, I'm not going to just run into your tag. He's aware that Wilson is an aggressive base runner. Often too aggressive because later in the game, Wilson ran into an out on the bases. Luckily, a run had already come in, but it was still one of those things where if he would have just stayed on second, there's a runner in scoring position, we could have tacked on another insurance run. That's my one gripe about Wilson Contreras as a player is his base running at times is atrocious. I got to imagine he is leading all of baseball since he's entered the league at being thrown out at third base. Making outs on the bases is just, it'll drive you crazy. So Javi knows Wilson's aggressive. He slams on the brakes, starts kind of backpedaling and running towards home, which is a funny thing to see because how there's nowhere really for you to go. You go back to home. I mean, it's, it does nothing for you as the runner, but it was smart because he... He was just messing with him. I, I think Javi in those moments like that are like, might as well try this. Let's go for it. And people talk about his baseball IQ. I go beyond that. I guess IQ would be part of instinct because his instincts, his ability to just, just no thought, go, react, and react incredibly well is off the charts. We've seen it with the tags. I mean, the man made tagging cool. It's just there's so many things that that guy does that it just doesn't show up on a box score. I remember arguing hard for him to win the MVP in 2018. I, I gave up the argument, though, because Christian Yelich did have a better year. Who knows? Maybe he was cheating. You know, we, we all know there's there might have been something going on there, Christian Yelich. So 
I, I, well, part of my lobbying for Javi to win MVP in 2018 was the fact that he does things that, do, that just doesn't show up in the, in the box score. You know, I don't think it factors into your wins above replacement. I don't know if fan graphs computes that. Things like the base, you know, wreaking havoc on the bases, those snap tags, just all sorts of stuff like that that gets in the other team's heads and causes errors. Someone did do an article where it's like, does Javier Baez with his antics and what he does on the bases cause more errors? And it turned out to be true. He did. There was something about him. Like the other team is always aware of where Javi is and what he's doing because he will try to steal home. He'll mess with you at second. He'll, he does all the little things. If you hesitate for a second, he's going to try to score on a blooper. He's just a great natural baseball player, which is why it's you get frustrated when you see him swing at terrible pitches or... But this does go out to the people who go, oh, sometimes he doesn't run out pop-ups. But think about this play. And it makes up for all those other kind of brain farts he'll have from time to time. So Javi's going back. The first baseman, like a dope, chases after Javi. When he could have easily just, he could have walked back to first base. Some people are like, all he do is backpedal. He didn't have to backpedal. Once Javi starts going the other way, he could have just, he could have turned with his back to Javi and stepped on first base before Javi would have gotten there. But again, Javi, I don't know if Javi was talking to him. That's where you're kind of like, oh, I wish they were mic'd right now. Was he, was, what was he saying to make this first baseman run him back? Because you've got to imagine the Pirates dugout, which is third base side. So maybe he didn't hear him that well. We're screaming, just go touch first. What are you doing, you idiot? Go to first. Just everyone freaking out in the dugout where the Cubs dugout was just giggling, laughing because it was hysterical. I'm, I'm watching it. I'm just about to eat lunch. And I'm just thinking, oh, this is funny that Javi's even doing this. And the fact that it worked, I'm jumping up and down yelling. And, and then you laugh because it's ridiculous. There was this great call from Bears announcer Jeff Joniak back when Devin Hester, I think it was like his second season when he, I mean, he came to the league a stud, but when his second season, Devin Hester, little background, maybe you're not a, a Bears fan listening right now to Lockdown Cubs, is, one, is maybe the greatest kick returner of all time. I think the greatest. He had a season where he returned six. And I remember on one of them, as he's running it back, Jeff Joniak said, Devin Hester, you are ridiculous. And that's where I think when I watch Javi do plays like this. He had a defensive stop and throw a couple innings later that was just off the charts. There's just so many intangibles he brings to the Cubs. And when he's going right, he is one of the most dynamic, exciting players in baseball. And the sport just needs to embrace guys like him more and more. Oh, here's the funniest part, too. When Wilson does slide in ahead of the tag, because finally the first baseman, he was so close to tagging Javi, but then he realized Wilson was coming. So he did a little toss to the catcher. Catcher tries to tag uh, Wilson, but Wilson comes through, touches the plate, head first slide. The ump called safe, but Javi's calling safe as well. He's like, safe, yeah. And then he kind of like pumped his fist and realized, wait, I got to run. He goes running to first. They go to throw the ball to first. Another error. Javi takes second. The ball got away from second, but not enough for Javi to go again. And meanwhile, JD, Jim Deshays is running. Keep going. You're invisible. They can't see you. Keep going. It was, it was a joy. It was kind of, it was so comical. It was like a Bugs Bunny cartoon of just like antics of like, what do you, you know, it was an absolute T-ball game. It was like a T-ball game play. And, and you got to love things like that. Lucy Nicotine is a company founded by Caltech scientists and former smokers looking for a better and cleaner nicotine alternative. Finally, tobacco alternatives that don't suck. Researched and developed for three years to be made for people, not patients, Lucy has created nicotine gum with four milligrams of nicotine that comes in three flavors, wintergreen, cinnamon, and pomegranate. 
It's 2021, so let's get rid of the cigarettes, unplug your vape, throw out your dip, and get some Lucy nicotine gum. This is the real deal. A subscription to Lucy comes directly to your door each month. It's so simple, and you don't even have to leave your house because Lucy has delivery down. Lockdown MLB Network listeners, go to lucy.co and use promo code LOCKDOWNMLB to get 20% off all products on your first order. That's lucy.co and use promo code LOCKDOWNMLB. Warning, this product contains nicotine derived from tobacco. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Lucy.co. And be sure to use that promo code locked on MLB. All right, breaking down the rest of the game, everybody. Again, the Cubs beat the Pittsburgh Pirates five to three to complete the sweep. Moving into a first place tie as of right now. Hopefully, you know, you listening right now will be like, they're still in first place, Joe, because you're listening to this in the future. So you know, you'll know before I will. Chris Bryant got the game started with the scoring. A home run to deep center field off a lefty. And by the way, Chris Bryant is hitting lefties better than anyone in baseball. He has the best batting average, slugging, OPS against lefties right now. Absolutely just crushing them. Seeing the ball so well. What, what Chris Bryant has been doing, I think I said Chris Bryant. Did I say Javi again? I've had Javi on my mind the whole time. I feel like I accidentally said the wrong name. So yeah, Chris Bryant started it. Home run to dead center field. And it's just like 11 home runs now from 31 driven in. Slugging over 600. I think he's the MVP. If the season ended today, he would be the most valuable player. I don't always give it to. That's the one part about Saber metrics and some of these advanced stats. Some people believe whoever is the league leader and wins above replacement war should be the MVP. I don't always believe in that. I don't always think that's the case. I was uh, on, on a text throughout my cousins and, and my, my cousin Danny. Shout out, Danny. What's up? What's up, Brian and Colin, too? Danny basically made a great point saying Max Muncy is currently ahead of Chris Bryant in that statistic, but you're not going to give the MVP to the third or maybe fourth best player on the Dodgers. I know you might be thinking, no, he's the best player on the Dodgers right now. That's why he has the highest wins above replacement. But having those guys around him, if you're facing the Dodgers, who would you rather face with the game on the line? Max Muncy or Mookie Betts? Uh, Corey Seager, Bellinger, like those three are the guys that you really scare you. I'm not saying that you can't win an MVP in certain seasons like that. Cause you know, I was just talking in the last segment about how 2018 Javi Baez, I wanted to win MVP, but going into that year and through most of that year as a pitcher, you were probably more afraid of Bryant and Rizzo at the time. Things may have changed since then, of course. So another thing that needs to be factored into what Chris has done is the fact that he's playing above average defense everywhere we throw him. Anthony Rizzo's set out the second game in a row. Not really. We didn't really get a reason why, because he'd been looking better at the dish. I know he set out last week with a little back tightness and, and Chris Bryant right away fills in at first base looking good. There was a play in the ninth in which they said his foot came off the bag, but I sometimes the instant replay is, is just terrible because you're watching at home thinking, Oh yeah, he got it right there. And then the announcers remind you it has to be indisputable evidence. You know, it has to be so obvious because they're not going to reverse it unless it's just irrefutable evidence. And I'm like, I see it right there. What other angle am I not seeing? It looks like his foot, the back of his heel got to the side of the base. That's all it is for first base. His foot doesn't need to be on it. It just needs to touch the side of it. A shoelace could touch the side of it. And I believe that counts. Don't Google that. I'm not sure. I kind of made that up, but I feel like it would, right? I don't see why I wouldn't. And so that was like the one thing at first base. You're like, oh, maybe Anthony would have had, you know, he's a little more used to 
knowing when to. Because first base, there is an art to stretching to catch the ball. You don't want to start it too early. Because if you start to get wide early and the ball starts to tail, you're not going to be able to get over. So you kind of stand with your two feet together along the base. Then you do the stretch. Kind of like last, you know, 25 feet of the ball coming your way. I played first base a little bit. I remember I had actually, my one coach in grade school played professional ball. And um, I think he was like, in, as high as like single A or so or double A. And then he played in like the Mexican league for a while. And he taught me some stuff. He was good. Good guy blanking on his name now so anyhow though you really have to know when to start to lunge to stretch to get that ball right there but i i just i feel like i want them to extend chris bryant for so many reasons number one he's a great baseball player i I mean i could go into number two being what he's meant to the organization number three i believe he'll age well i went over all of that yesterday on the podcast talking about just how valuable is chris bryant i almost feel like it deserves a part two you know, to refer to my cousin text thread again, my cousin Brian goes, are they going to pull what the Cubs did in the 90s with Maddox? For some of you younger listeners, the Cubs had Greg Maddox win the 1992 NL Cy Young Award. In 1993, he won the NL Cy Young again for a different team. You know, I was too young at the time. to. Re- I remember being upset about it, but, you know, you're a kid, you're running around, so you don't dwell on it. As an adult, if Chris Bryant is on another team, if he wins MVP this year and is playing on another team next year, that is, that's just something that's going to be really hard to get over. Because, it's, again, we are not the Pittsburgh Pirates. No offense, Pittsburgh. We're not Tampa. We're not these small market teams. We are the Chicago Cubs. We play at the corner of Addison and Clark. Okay? We are a huge market team. There's talks of the Taco Bell opening back up. If the Ricketts own that, the money that Taco Bell make will make alone is worth a Chris Bryant extension. Dead serious. They put in a drive-thru that covers Rizzo's extension. See, these, these some of these moves around Wrigley, I've been a big fan of some of them. I'm like, you just why don't you just buy the Taco Bell? Buy the Taco Bell yourself. Keep that money. Because that thing had to have cleared. That would have covered at least the second tier of the luxury tax. How much money that Taco Bell made. I had orders at that Taco Bell where I'm like, this isn't healthy, but it's going to make me happy. So I don't understand. You just can't let a guy like that go to another team. You really can't. I understand the ideas. Some people say if you can't extend him in season, you might as well trade him because you can't let him walk for anything. I disagree with that. There have been other teams like Bryce Harper is a great example. The Nationals couldn't even make an extension with him. They didn't. All they got was that compensation draft pick, which is still a nice little thing to get. So it's not like he's walking for nothing. And th- these days, rentals don't get nearly a high price as before. I'm not saying you can't get a nice haul for Chris Bryant at the trade deadline. You could, but it's not anything so special where you couldn't roll the dice on hopefully extending him at the end of the offseason. That's if Scott Boris, his super agent, is making a hard stance that we will not extend during the season. You could talk to us November 1st, like every other, all the other 29 teams. If, maybe that's his stance. I'm not sure. It's tough to tell with Boris. He's a character, but he does keep certain things close to the chest. It, they can't just, if they did let him walk, it would be like a Bryce Harper situation, meaning that it would be a bummer, but I don't think it eliminates you from competing next year as long as you spend the money that you would have given him. Like the Nationals were kind of smart about it. The Nationals won a World Series after Bryce Harper left. And other teams have done it too. Teams that are competitive usually do it. If you're a bad team and you're going nowhere, then you usually would make that trade. 
That that I get. The Red Sox in 2015 traded Le- or 2014, I should say, weren't going anywhere, so they traded Lester to Oakland, and they were hoping to re-sign him in the offseason, which which happens a little bit here or there. It's pretty rare. The Cubs did it with Jason Hamill. The Yankees did it with Chapman. So it is a possibility. But we, let's just hope it doesn't come down to that because Chris Bryant should be wearing blue the rest of his career. Cubby blue, of course. Not any other kind of blue. i got to emphasize that. Speaking of things to get excited about, everyone, I really do believe you want to check out Wealthfront. You want to get on that Wealthfront act. Everyone's talking about stocks and memes and rocket ships and all that fun stuff because, let's face it, day trading is cool right now. It's in. But if you want to grow your long-term wealth and make it to the moon for real, you should open up a Wealthfront investment account today. Decades of data have shown that investors that trade individual stocks will underperform in the market every year. In fact, only 1% of day traders beat the market. The odds are not in your favor if you're doing it alone. So team up with Wealthfront instead. Wealthfront could really help diversify your portfolio, low-cost index funds, personalized just for you in mere minutes. And they got a great deal going on right now. To get your first 5,000 managed for life, for free, I should say, for life, go to Wealthfront.com slash lockdown. MLB. Wealthfront is trusted with over $20 billion of assets. And you could get your first 5,000 man for free by going to wealthfront.com, lockdown MLB. Now, Built Bar, everyone, these things are absolutely delicious and they've just added more flavors. Like, I, I'm i really a big fan. I'm not even kidding you with you guys. I tried one recently. They've got coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie. That was the one for me. Double chocolate, salted uh, caramel or caramel if you're boring. Um, I don't know. I just It looks like caramel. People should pronounce it the right way. And get this too. Here's the best part. 17 grams of protein. A great way to start off your morning pre-workout, only 130 gr- calories. I know everyone's worried about sugars nowadays, as you should be, really. Let's be honest with ourselves. Only four grams of sugar. That's just amazing. And a few of the flavors have different things, of course. So you might get a, a little bit higher. But get this, it goes from four grams to five grams and only five uh, net carbs as well. So you really can't beat that. And uh, here, here's what you want to do. You want to go to BuiltBar.com, enter the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your first order. All right, Cubs fans, just a reminder too, don't forget to uh, follow the podcast on Twitter. That's at Lockdown Cubs. Give us a review too. Now that I've been the new host for two full weeks now, you can feel free to you know tell some friends and all that stuff. Uh, big thanks to the previous host. But some reviews with my name on it might be nice. So if you want to review us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast, that'd be much appreciated. Pat Hughes, the legendary announcer for the Chicago Cubs, been with the team for 20 some odd years now, I believe. One of my favorites, a, a man who should be in the Hall of Fame of baseball announcers. I, I don't know what's taken them so long to elect him. For some reason, there's some there's some electing committees for Hall of Fame type stuff where they make you wait. For whatever dumb reason. I remember they added Hawk Harrelson in because it was going to be his last year. You know, Hawk Harrelson, the White Sox announcer, everyone, who was just not not good. I know Sox fan friends who won't admit it, but they know. That he's just, there were times where you you tune into a White Sox game just to be, I'm curious, I'm going to check the score. And you're like, did the announcer leave the booth? What's happening? And then you look, you're like, oh, they're down 7 nothing. So Hawk Harrelson's throwing a temper tantrum, and he's decided not to announce the rest of this game. That would happen where you literally just did not hear him speak dead. Air. You can't have dead air on, on a baseball telecast. I'm not saying you need to fill every second. I mean, I'm doing a solo podcast, so clearly I have to be doing a lot of talking, which goes to rambling on occasion. I will admit, I try to keep it fun though, but for a baseball announcer, you, you got to fill us in. 
it's so weird. I can remember thinking to myself, why is no nobody talking during this? I thought something was wrong with my TV. So that guy gets in the Hall of Fame, but you're going to make Pat Hughes wait? Why do they do that? Announce, elect people while they can still enjoy it. It's still an absolute crime to me that Ron Santo was elected into baseball's Hall of Fame after he passed away. What a crime. That's, that stuff like that just makes me sick sometimes. And that's what's nice about advanced stats. It's only showed that Ron Santo was even more valuable than people realized. If you're the second best third baseman in your era, you're a Hall of Famer. 100%. It is crazy to me that next time you're, maybe I'll do that on the podcast coming up this week or so. Um, I'll, I'll take a dive into Ron Santos stats. I like to save some fun stuff like that for the end of the podcast after covering what's currently happening with the team. Now, Pat Hughes, I want to think about some of my favorite Pat Hughes calls. Number one, I like what he does as an announcer as far as his home run calls go. Now, a lot of us probably know he's got a little bit of a signature where when the ball's in the air, he'll say like the pitch to Javi, deep drive, left center field. This ball's got a chance. Gone. Now, I think he does the this ball's got a chance thing for two reasons. One, when you're listening, it kind of makes you lean in a little bit. I know when I'm driving somewhere and I've got the Cubs game on and I hear this guy, this ball's got a chance. I get a little bit like, I go 10-2 on the wheels, on the wheel, and then I lean in a little bit closer to the radio. And then when it's gone, I do the fist pump. Sometimes I, I punch the ceiling a little bit, you know, beep the horn unless it's there's people around. And then I got cars thinking, why is this jerk beeping at me? You know, I do one of those. And I, it gets me excited every time. And then he's got the other, the variation of that home run call. And when she says, deep drive left field, and when he knows it's gone, gone, he goes, get out the tape measure, long gone. So cool. Also, part of me thinks he, was, he would do that. This ball's got a chance because if it's caught at the warning track, he could slide into, oh, but it's caught at the warning track. Oh, but you know, because you don't want to be like, this ball's crushed. You know, get out the tape measure, caught three feet in front of the center field, uh, 400 sign. You know, you know, he's, he's a smart guy. And I feel like he captures the big moment well. He paints the picture. He paints the picture to the point where some of the players would have fun with him a little bit. I remember after the Cubs had clinched the NL Central Division in the year 2003, Joe was a teenager. I'm listening to some of the radio like an hour or so after the game, and he's interviewing Mark Pryor, who was probably should have been the Cy Young in the year 2003. Mark Pryor is currently the pitching coach for the Los Angeles Dodgers. Pryor was a big part of the 2003 Cubs. He's, he's right up there with... Um, Derek Rhodes and some other famous Chicago athletes where you're going to hear old men in a bar one day, 30 years from now, being like, oh, what might have been? He's always going to be like that, what should have been. Because when he came in the league, everyone thought this is going to be the next 300-game winner, one of the biggest, one of the highest, highest, what am I saying? One of the highest uh, like ranked prospects or in, far, in terms of like everyone just being goo goo gaga over Mark Pryor. And it just... Dusty Baker, I think, just pitched him too much. Okay, I got to stay uh, with uh, Pat Hughes' story here. He interviews Pat. Uh, Pat Hughes interviews Mark Pryor, and, and Mark Pryor said, "Well, Pat, I'm feeling great. I'm wearing my blue hat with my uh, blue socks, pinstripe pants, and my NL Central Division T-shirt, which was just an ode to how Pat Hughes describes the Cubs when they take the field. Like today, they'll say the Cubs take the field in gray trousers, their blue alternate tops, blue hats with." Uh, Blue socks, you know, he he paints the picture just so well. 
partly cloudy wind coming in from the left, everything about it just makes you wish you were right there at the ballpark. And I'm going to give you, I'm going to close the podcast by telling you my very favorite of all the Pat Hughes calls. And it's not the World Series Game 7 call, which I still like a lot. Some people weren't crazy about it, I've heard, but they're wrong. Because he's got that great line where it's the longest drought in the history of American sports is over and the celebration begins, which is really cool. And then he says, it's never felt better to fly the W. Great line. The initial line of being like, uh, here's a little bouncer over to Bryant. Uh, you know, this, yeah, no, I'm sorry. Joe Buck said this is going to be a tough play. He says, a bouncer over to Bryant, fires across to Rizzo. It's in time. And the Cubs, you know, all that. And then he says, the Cubs are, you know, running around like a bunch of delirious 10-year-olds, I think he said, which I thought that'd be a cool name for a book, delirious 10-year-olds about that Cubs team. But then, I don't know. I'm, I'm, it's a weird enough title for some people, though, when you think about it. Delirious 10-year-olds? Like, what, what am I, this is a book about summer camp for kids? I, I don't know. And then you realize, no, it's about the Cubs. So probably not the best title. My favorite call, though, is definitely his call, Game 4, Cubs about to beat the St. Louis Cardinals in the first ever matchup in the franchise's history, Cubs-Cardinals in October, playoffs, Game 4, 2015, NLDS. Here's what he had to say. He set the moment perfectly. Hector Rondon's pitching. That was the Cubs' closer that year. It's an 0-2 count. And right before the pitch, he says, unbelievable atmosphere. I wish all of you could be here at this moment. The pitch. Strike three. He got him. Like just the way, and you I just got goosebumps. That line. I wish all of you could be here at this moment. Oh, and before that, he said, if you're finding trouble um, sitting still, you are not alone. I wish all, that's what it was. You are not alone. I wish all of you could be here at this moment. And it was just, I'm, I got goosebumps right now. I really do. I got goosebumps. I can't wait until we launch the YouTube channel for moments like this so I could try. I don't know if goosebumps would show up on the camera, but hopefully they would. All right, everyone. Thanks for checking out the Lockdown Cubs podcast. I want everyone to have a great weekend. This, of course, is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. And as always, go Cubs. Check out Locked On Today, everybody. Get all your sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you listen to your podcasts.